Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. I am overjoyed that Phil Nelson has agreed to come back to Sound of Truth podcast and uh, spend some more time sharing what God is doing in his life. In our previous episode with Phil, he shared his story. He shared his testimony. We had a great time talking about God's grace in his life. And so I want to encourage you to go back to that episode if you haven't listened to that one already. But in this episode, I've asked Phil to share with us what God is currently doing in his life in regard to personal evangelism. And even more specifically, on the campus of Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. Now, just a little history here. On a a personal note, my parents were both graduates of Southern Illinois University. A lot of my close friends went to Southern Illinois University. I spent one semester at Southern Illinois University. I've been a Southern Illinois University Salukis fan my entire life, and so go dogs. So I have a, a personal interest in this story. I know this campus very well and the history behind it. Like so many parts of the country, Southern Illinois University is a rather liberal-leaning, secular, public university. It's a great spot to find people to talk to about the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, that's anywhere these days. But Phil, I'm going to go ahead and hand the microphone to you and just say, tell us what God's doing and and what you've been doing at at Southern Illinois University if you've been reaching out to these students. Uh, Well, one of the things, Brad, that I've, I've, I've found in my years of following Jesus uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. That's why we go to Mardi Gras, that's why we go to Cuba, and that's why I'm here at SIU Carbonell, because SIU Carbonell is probably one of the farthest left-leaning universities in the country. And I got that from several different sources. We won't take time to go into that. But what I found is this year in particular, since COVID has happened and everything, the kids coming to campus, they're, they're frightened. They're coming and saying, I don't know what to do with my life. And mm. Uh, the first conversation I had, I started asking, how am I going to get the gospel out to this campus? And it was about a year and a half ago, one of my friends from a discipleship camp I lead every summer, or I'm part of every summer, I was just impressed with what God was doing. And he sent me a check for $5,000 saying, use this to tell people about Jesus and however you want to. And then last year, he sent me a check for $10,000 and said, use this to tell people about Jesus any way you can. Now, let me get this so, guy's name and address and phone number. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that'd be a good idea. Uh, he wants to be anonymous. No, uh, but here's, here's what happened. In August of last, last August, I had $7,800 I haven't used. Mm. And I thought, I can't just let that sit. Now. He wants me to share the gospel with this. So how am I going to do that? And I thought, I got this idea from my dad. He used to use $2 bills in the little town he was in. And he had all senior adults use $2 bills to show the power of senior economy stuff. I thought, I got an idea. I'll get, I'll get a sign, say, ask two questions, I'll give you $2. And so I started just telling people, ask two questions, you get $2. And they can, well, what kind of questions do you need to ask? Well, questions about God, religion, or philosophy. Oh, okay. And then when I started asking that question, I started, do you think about that very much? Well, Brent, most of the students I'm talking about at that point, they, they never thought about it. I mean, it wasn't even in their, it wasn't in, in their wheelhouse at all. It wasn't in their ballpark. They lived their life without thinking about the truth of the gospel. Mm. And I thought, wow, I need to find some way to stop them to get them to think about this because this is vitally important to them. Absolutely. You know, in Exodus chapter five, verse nine, when Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go, Moses leaves and Pharaoh brings in the taskmasters and said, make the men work harder so they have no time to pay attention to the lies. 
Mm. And I thought the enemy's tactic is to get kids so anxious and so fearful and so busy, they don't have time to think about these things. So it becomes me as a minister of the gospel to find some way to arrest their thinking process just for a few seconds to get them to think about eternal issues. Mm-hmm. So I just got this, this thing just popped up in my mind uh, because the, uh, the inflationary spiral, I could no longer do $2, I had to do 3 So I've got this big yellow placard I bring to campus every day. It says, ask two questions, get $3. And I just set it up, sit down on the bench, and I don't even have to pray. I do pray, but I don't have to. But while I set the sign up, within five minutes, somebody's in front of me saying, so what are these questions about? I said, you need to ask a question about God, philosophy, religion. And uh, I'm not God, but I'll do the best I can to answer from the scripture how God would answer that question. Do you think about that very much? No, not really. Okay, now's your chance. You get an audience with God's word to think about this. And they just start coming. You know, the big questions they're asking now is, what am I supposed to do with my life? Why am I here? What's going to happen to me when I die? How do I connect with God? And I think the most critical question I was asked last fall in December, this little tiny, well, he was a girl and then he transitioned, he was a guy and then transitioned to a girl and he came up to me, her, her name, she went by the name V and this is what she said, what does God think about me transitioning to a female? Mm. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it, but then I thought and God gave me this wisdom. I said, V, let me ask you this question. If you went to the Louvre over in Paris and you got the Mona Lisa there, and at night somebody broke into that and slit that Mona Lisa canvas to shreds, and if Leonardo da Vinci watched that happen, what do you think Leonardo da Vinci would think about that? And she said, well, he'd be angry. See, V, what you've done is you were created as a man in God's image, and you've permanently altered that image. You've defaced his canvas. Do you think God's angry at you for that? And she says, I never thought about that. And then her next question was this, can God forgive me for a sin I can't repent of? Mm. Now you think about that. And I looked at V and I said, I've got good news for you. He can, because none of us can repent of our sin on our own. Lamentations 521, Jeremiah says, turn me and I'll be turned. So V, if right now you'd recognize you've sinned against God and you confess your need for a savior and believe that Jesus died for you, he can forgive you a sin that you can't repent of. And we prayed together. I don't know what happened to V after that, but that was my last day on campus. And about five minutes later, one of the guys, he's a, he's a leader of the gay rights movement on campus. I don't get his name, but he came over to me. His jeans were kind of shredded. He's got tattoos everywhere. And that's not necessarily the makeup of a gay person on campus. That was him. He says, hey, are you the guy that carried the cross beginning of the semester? I said, yeah. He said, I got to tell you something. I've been talking to our group about you, and we really like you. I thought, that's the first time I've had a gay rights group tell me they like me. I said, well, help me understand that. Why, why do you like me? They said, well, we had this other guy came to campus with a bullhorn. He was yelling and, and, and screaming at us and calling us all sorts of names. You don't even stand up. You're sitting down and you're even giving us money to ask questions. And you make us feel like you're, we're accepted. And I thought, if sitting down on a bench and giving people $3 to ask you a question will do that, I'll do that all day long. Yeah. And I've had that experience. If we, if we're not, we certainly can judge truth. We can, we can speak critically about an error. We can do that, but we need to do that with a broken heart. I'll give you a, this is a story goes, goes several years back. Then this is the mode of my ministry on campus here. I started preaching out in front of the library, the Morris library. And that's when we had a lot of students on campus. And the first day there, this big guy, big black guy, bigger than I am, uh, about probably 300 pounds comes up to me and says, what's God think about homosexuality? I said, Hey, my name's Phil. What's your name? His name's Zante. I said, Zante, that's not your issue. 
You see, you can't understand that yet because until you give your life to Jesus, the the moral condition of homosexuality, you won't be able to understand because it's a spiritually discerned topic. Right now, Zante, you need to give your life to Jesus. And when you do that, let's talk. So he leaves, comes back the next week, does the same thing. What's God say about homosexuality? He said, Zante, I told you, when you get right with Jesus, we can have that discussion, but not until then. Well, the next week he comes by, he's got his entourage with him, and I'm preaching, and he looks at me and says, hey, Pastor Phil, how you doing? I say, hey, Zante. And his whole entourage looks at him and says, you like this guy? Fast forward to the end of the semester, it's, it's December, it's snowing, I'm out there preaching in the snow, it's not really snowing in Southern Illinois, but it's a little bit snowflakes. And I see Zante come by, I say, hey Zante, come here a minute. He comes over and I said, I know this is finals week and you're getting ready to go home. Is there anything I can pray with you about before you go home? And he looks at me and says, Pastor, there is. My grandmother's dying and I don't know what to do about that. Mm. She raised me. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do now? And so I just talked to Zante, I said, listen, I don't have the answer for you right now. But Dante, I pray that you'll come to know Jesus. So could I pray with you real quick before you head home for Christmas? He said, yes. So I prayed with him. <laughs> he gave me a big hug. And that's the last time I've never seen Dante since. I have no idea where he went. Sure, but you, uh, uh, you were planting seeds and watering them. And that's what I'm doing now. I had a guy come up today. His name was Jake. And he said, I've seen you on campus since last fall. I've got this sign here. What are these questions about? And I said, here's what they're about. And he said, well, the reason I'm stopping is because I've watched you over the whole last two semesters. You've not yelled at anybody. You've not been ab- abusive. You've listened to their questions, and you've helped people think through some things. And that's why I'm asking the questions. So part of this, and I learned this from Fred Bishop. He's a guy that taught me about open-air evangelism years ago. If you're going to be out in the open, you got to be consistent. You can't just go one night stand and go, oh, I've done my stuff, I'm going to leave. No, my, my study, my new campus ministry office is on that bench outside Anthony Hall. I've got my Bible, I've got my notebooks, I've got my backpack. So I'm doing sermon prep while I'm talking to students. And so they're just coming into my office. Every time somebody's coming with a question, I'm just stop my study and talk to them about their questions. And um, yesterday I had a guy from the Ukraine came back um, and I won't do too much detail because I don't know how many Ukrainian students we have here, but he said, I, I'm coming to ask you a question. My, uh, my family's house was just destroyed by a Russian missile. My family now is homeless in the Ukraine and I'm going to go back to see if I can connect with my family. Is it okay for me to go to war? Mm. I mean, those are the questions we're getting. Uh, what am I here for? Why, why am I here? Why is the world so confusing? had a girl yesterday came by and she's been listening to me for several several months and she her next her question to me yesterday was this pastor I, I i need to give my life to jesus i'm ready to do that can i do that now mm. and so i said um i gave her a name and i said listen i want to give you a copy of the gospel of john because she hasn't been well biblically informed well enough yet so i said i want you to take this home to your dorm and i want you to get somewhere alone and just cry out to god and i asked her i said pray out loud Say, God, I really want to know you. Would you help me know you as I read this Bible that you've given me? I said, when you do that, then come back. I'll be here through Friday from 10 to 2, and let's talk about your relationship to Jesus. And she says, when I'm done reading that, I want to come back and see you. I said, okay. And that's what we're getting now. It's, uh, you know, and I've given out close to $1,800 since last last August. And it's not my money. It's somebody else's money. And uh, one of the cool things about this is last August, I had some university officials tell me I couldn't be there. They wanted me to leave the campus. Well, you just you just are answering my next question was, have you been approached and told you can't do this yes. by any officials? Yes. Yeah. But here's what happened. And, and God's been very gracious. And again, this are, these, are, these are the principles and methods I've learned from being with NGL and Fred, Fred Bishop's ministry for years. He always says, honor the authorities in your place. Do not, do not be a rebel. Don't, don't be a hard, hard-nosed guy. 
And so they came out and they said, hey, we want you to leave. You're not supposed to be here. And I was talking to students at the time and I was giving out money. And they, and, and I said, excuse me, sirs, I'm sorry, I can't leave because the message I have is important. And I don't want to be dishonoring to you, but I'm not going to leave. And I said, do you still want me to leave? They said, well, we, 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 you've got to leave. I said, the only way you're going to get me to leave is you're going to have to have me arrested. I'm not going to leave without that. And they turned to leave. And as they turned to leave, I said, listen, before you guys leave, could I pray with you? These are two leaders of the university. And they both stopped in their tracks and said, man, that would be great. Would you do that? Now, think about that. (laughs) They asked me to leave the university. But when I offered to pray with them, they said, we really need that. So I prayed with them. And uh, they dressed. These guys are are men that dress nicely. And today, I decided when I went on campus, I got me a pink tie with a blue suit. I said, I'm going to dress just like the chancellor's doing. I want, to, I want to show him up, you know? <laughs> and so I went out with a pink tie on today, and somebody says, why are you wearing a pink tie? I said, well, because the chancellor dresses nice. I want to dress nice, too. Got a lot of laughs from that. But when they pass me now, they say, hey, Pastor, how you doing? Doing well. Praying for you guys. Thank you. No, just it's, it's, been, a, it's been a marvelous uh, thing. And God's given me great favor. The sign uh, was just a godsend. I, I can tell you, because I've given out 18, about $1,800, if you factor that in, that's 600 students, one-on-one conversations with the gospel since last August. It's fabulous. Now, now, how did you get this idea, I, Phil? It just came to me. I mean, this is this is a word of knowledge, whatever you want to call it. It was just like, you know, well, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, 4 or 5, it says this, write the message plain so those who can read it will understand it. So those who are running can read and understand. So basically, you want to get a message big enough to stop them in their tracks because they're so busy running to and fro across the earth. You want to stop them in their tracks for just a minute to get them to think about eternal things. What will stop these guys in their tracks? Money. Money. <laughs> Money. And $2 was good for the first couple of weeks. But then, you know, inflation hit in. I thought, I'm going to up it to three because I need to have more. I need to have more vested interest in this. And so once I opened up to three, it was like I set the sign on campus. And for the next four hours, I've got students just one after the other coming by asking questions. And then I have a prayer team on my, at my church. It's just phenomenal in support. And then lots of people in my church are, are too. But what I do is I get a list of all the names of the students, first names of the people I'd shared with that day. And I text that list with a little bit of bio on each one if I can remember. I'd send it to my prayer team and they pray on Tuesday nights at 6 to 7 o'clock. They pray through all the names of the students I've, I've shared with. And uh, this is a this is a team effort. Uh, I'm just a frontline person. I've got mm-hmm. people praying for me. We had uh, we've got a Calvary Camp Assembly of God pastor, and we pray every Sunday morning at five o'clock together. And, and their ministry prays for my ministry on campus all the time. So this is a consolidated effort with not just Baptists involved, but Assemblies of God and other churches and independent churches. That's just uh, it's, it's a cool thing. And today I'm sitting there thinking, oh, for a thousand more days like this. Just to sit and talk talk about Jesus to people who are hungry. That's the that's the thrill of my heart to preach at Lakeland Church on Sundays and Wednesday nights and to be out on campus and declare God's message to people who need it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. I tell you what for for the for the ROI return on investment three dollars to share the gospel is really that's significant. That's a great return on investment. Well, I, let me let me tell you another cool thing here. Last Tuesday night, our prayer team, when we meet at six o'clock, I said, I want to pray that God will open the door for me to talk to not just students, but staff and faculty. So we prayed very specifically, God opened the door for staff and faculty. Well, that next Friday, a lady came by and she was off on the, off on the side, listening to me talk to students. And then she came up afterwards and she said, 
I need to give you some money for this. I said, why? She says, well, I'm a, I'm a staff person on campus, and I just heard what you were sharing with these students, and I believe this. I'm a believer, and I would support your ministry. How can I do this? So she gives me the $3 she's got left in her pocket, and I said, what, what office do you work out of? You know what office you worked in? The legal office. And then last Friday, this is, that was two Fridays ago, last Friday, I've got a guy coming by, he's looking at me, he's standing off the side, and he comes over and he says, I don't have any cash, but wish I did, I'd give you some. I said, are you work here on campus? He said, yeah. I said, where do you work? He said, I'm one of the legal, uh, one of the lead, lead legal counsels for the university. Is that so? That's, I mean, that's, just think about that. He's got peace, and, you got persons of peace right there in, in that's the right. legal department. And, 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 he's a, and he's a believer. And, and the neat thing about it was he's a member of the church that my father-in-law, his first pastor in the late 50s outside of Harrisburg, he's a member of that church my father-in-law is a pastor of 55 years ago. Huh. That's just pretty cool, I think. Yeah, that's pretty really cool. cool. And uh, so God's given us favor in lots of different ways. And then right after that, I had another guy came over and he walked a good distance across campus to get me. He said, I've heard about what you're doing over here. And I belong to a Baptist church here in town. And he's the director of the Upward Bound program for people who are not college ready when they come to SIU. Okay. And he just came and he said, I've got some questions about my own walk with God. Can you help me think through them? And so we took about 20 minutes and thought through those questions and prayed with him. He said, thanks. I've been encouraged in my walk with God. and I'm going to be praying for you so that we've got people in planted places all over SIU's campus that belong to Christ that are being encouraged by this whole thing. So it's been pretty, pretty fun to be part of. That's fantastic. Now, when, when I saw these posts that you were sharing and asking for prayer, I just couldn't help but, but wonder if this was in some way, this what you're seeing is a, an increased movement of the Spirit. And just for those who didn't hear the previous episode, you spent 10 years in campus ministry right on this campus, and yep. you were a student there. You got, you got saved in your time there and was right. discipled there. So you had four years invested, five years invested, what was it, uh, as a student, and then another five 10 years. Yeah, yeah another 10 yeah. years, so 15 years. And right. I, I think you at one point just said you'd never seen the spirit move like you're seeing the spirit move this year. I've not, I've not seen the openness among students like I have this year. I mean, uh, it's unprecedented in my book. Now, uh, there are other people who say yes, but I mean, this is a hardened campus. It's not, I mean, we've got three abortion clinics here. We've got some, uh, we've got a transgendered lady on city council and their, their goal, it seems to be, is they're going to make Carbonell transgender capital for our central area or something. I, I don't know. But it's, it's just, it's dark. It's very dark. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, God God is moving in some very significant ways. Last year, we had a prayer meeting about 15 different churches across the nominations got together. And we prayed for two hours at our church before the abortion clinic opened. And uh, by the way, that abortion clinic's not doing much business right now, which is kind of interesting. Praise the Lord. Um, but, uh, uh, and we're going to do another uh, combined call to uh, prayer for spiritual awakening on the 20th of May from 6 to 8 o'clock at our church. We're going to invite churches from all over Southern Illinois to come and pray for our city and pray for our region. So uh, there's been lots of prayer among all sorts of churches. We The Calvary campus just went through a 50-hour uh, nonstop prayer prayer session last week, praying for the campus and praying for the city. Uh, we've got other churches that are doing the same kind of thing. We're doing a 24-hour prayer watch on the on Saturday the 27th and 28th of May, which is Pentecost weekend. Uh, God's moving, and there's a movement of prayer. And I think some of this is the spillover from Asbury and other places. But I think the prayers of the people of God and the intercessors for America talk about this too. God is moving in some very significant ways across our country. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
there's people in the middle that have not made their minds up for Jesus yet. There's some on the left that have already made their minds up. They're not interested. They're on the right. They're, they, they're already in Jesus. But there's that people in the middle that have not made their mind up. And those are the people I'm getting. I'm not getting hostile people that want to argue about whether the gospel is true or not. I'm getting people who are absolutely flat out hungry for the truth. Mm. This is so encouraging to me. And, and that was one of the things you mentioned Asbury. I was so blessed with, and we've had a few guests on that went to Asbury and reported right. back on this podcast and, and was just I'm thrilled to see the spirit of God moving. And, and we, so many of us have prayed for years for revival and spiritual awakening in this country. Right. And perhaps we're on the cusp of a major move of the spirit. And, and hopefully that's, you're getting a little foretaste of what may be even right. coming down the pike even more. So yeah, Let's, yep. let's keep praying that direction. And, and Phil, Absolutely. thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on to Sound of Truth Podcast and sharing the last episode of your testimony of uh, your past coming to know Christ and how God worked. And then in this episode, what God's doing right now. In fact, uh, it's not often we do this, but I want to just ask our listeners to join me. I know this is recorded. And so for us, it's live right now, but you can join and pray as you listen to this. I want to pray for Phil and his work at SIU and also pray that this would be something that inspires us to think about different ways that God might be creative in our own lives to find ways to share the gospel and engage people. Father, we come before you and I thank you for Phil and this testimony. And I pray for these students that he's been engaging with the gospel. And we thank you that your word does not return void. And so we uh, know as he shares it faithfully, you're going to work in hearts and you're going to save souls, change lives, and, and the Son of God's going to be exalted. So we pray for you just bless him. I pray for protection. I pray for you to put angels around him and spirit work and, and draw the students there to him, cause them to walk by him. The ones who are uh, hungry, as he's seeing, may that those numbers multiply and may uh, you get even greater glory. We are thankful for what you've done, what you're going to do. And we're so thankful for Christ crucified and risen for us. Mm-hmm. In Christ's yeah. name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Really appreciate you. Glad to be here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.